Thank you for listening. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Hi, my name is Logan, and I'm from a small town in Iowa. I want to get into diesel performance and eventually open my own shop. I'm a junior in high school and looking at colleges to attend. My question for you is when you are looking to hire someone, would you rather see a one or two year diesel mechanic degree or does experience play a bigger role? It would be amazing to hear this on the podcast. I'm sure I'm not the only one with this question. Thanks, Logan Hedeke. You just got done hearing from Logan Hunnicky, uh, and had some questions about getting started in diesel. And that's really what we're talking about today, Chris, is coming up in diesel. Um, yeah. How do you get started? Where do you go? So many guys we've interviewed said they started working on their dad's tractor. They <laughs> were around semis or they were around trucks when they were kids. Yeah. And that's just they were farmers and that's how they got into yeah. it. But if you're not that guy, if you weren't born into it. How do you come up in diesel? I think about how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you and I both had very different experiences. And the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to address Logan. So I actually sent Logan a message back for what he had sent in to us. Told him, we really appreciate you listening to the show. It does depend on what you want to do inside of diesel performance. If you want to wrench, which I think Logan does, yep. um, you need th- there's three ways to really, three things we would really consider. Uh, number one, education. We do strongly prefer somebody with a formal education. It's a great jump start into the field. Uh, two-year technical degree brings you up to the top of the interview list. Yep. It's not going to guarantee you a job. You still got to show up and be a human being. Yep. But it guaranteed if it's you and somebody with the same amount of experience and no education, right. you're going to get interviewed first. Uh, tools. I, I've never seen a mechanic be hired at our shop that didn't have a large assortment of tools in a toolbox it's a huge expense Uh, most guys finance it i understand that's very tough it's a big commitment that's a long-term commitment exactly it's it's an investment Uh, so you have to be willing to make that investment in yourself usually before a shop will make that investment in you Uh, but i really said the best thing you could do if you want to get into diesel performance is get into diesel performance yourself yeah get a truck of your own uh, it doesn't have to be a 2017 L5P. It doesn't even have to be a clean fucking truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need a place to showcase your talent and what you've learned. Yeah. Uh, showing up in our parking lot, Chris, I told him flat out, like a 12-valve on 37-inch tires and a 10-inch stack, you're not going to impress anybody we work with. No. Not even Howdy. We've seen crazier. Um, but it's a lot better than showing up in a Prius. Which we've had that, too. We have had that, too. Right? So um, it, it really is having a truck, I think, is that key component that if you want to be hired at a diesel performance shop, you need to show them, not just tell them, okay. what you know about diesel performance. The diesel industry, it's more of a lifestyle, I would say. You know, honestly, when it really boils down to it, you know. Sounds so corny. I, but it's, it's honestly, it's the it truth. It is true. You know, yeah. Um the people that I know and the people that are in this industry, you know, their buddies live it, breathe it. They enjoy it. That's what they're passionate about. Like, <laughs> well, what, what's your story? How did you get? We always ask our listeners. I feel yeah. like we've never told our listeners. So, Chris, how did you get started in diesel performance? Uh, had a car, a modified car when I was in high school. And my high school that I went to, we had what's called a heavies program. We actually got our CDLs in high school. Oh, shit. So junior, senior year, you know, freshman, sophomore, you have automotive, you know, or small engine automotive. And then junior, senior, it's diesels. Um, 
and we had semis that we would work on and, and things like that. So WyoTech actually donated us a 12-valve generator motor and a 24-valve VP44 engine. And uh, my buddies, senior year, a couple of them had trucks, you know, tuners. You know, this is 07, right? Yeah. Um, but one of my other buddies, his cousin had like a 600-horse six-liter. Oh, no shit. Crew, long bed, like lifted, 35s. The truck rode out. Like, it was impressive. Yeah, for, for a 16-year-old, they look awesome. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so well, this guy was like 22, 23. He was a little older than us, but he would let my buddy Brian, his cousin, borrow the truck. Right. You know? Well, you were, you were 16, 17 yeah, at this yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So you were like, this thing's this is, fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I was never a truck guy. Like, when I turned 16, my dad said he would give me hit an LB7. I was like, trucks are stupid. Like, I am, <laughs> I'm not interested. Like, wanted nothing to do with it. So graduated school. So my senior year, um, I ended up disassembling and reassembling that 24-valve engine as a senior project. Oh, no shit. Graduated school in May. June sold the car. Uh, August, I had a 96 F-250 Power Stroke. That was my first diesel truck. Love it. Had that for six months, got rid of it, and then um, really started to understand the value going back to my school days of Cummins Motors. And... They're very simple. I am not a mechanic by any means, and I know my way around a Cummins motor, as most guys probably do that are in this industry. Um, so I started off. Um, I went up to the northern UP of Wisconsin, and I bought a 1989, uh, it was actually a 1990 Dodge W250. Okay. Ooh. The manufacture date was 11 of 89, which is my birth month. 11 of 89. So bought that, did a trans, did a turbo, about 400 horse, and then... Uh, went from there to where I am now. So uh, that is how, and there was a couple times where I didn't want to be into it anymore, but all my buddies had them. So that was like the cool thing to do like for years, like half my friends that work at the shop, like that, that's just what we did. We didn't right. know anything else. I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> so that and buying and selling cars on Craigslist. So that's where my skill set ends. <laughs> how about you, Paul? I, I want to hear this. I, this is a, this is going to be a great story. It, how did it's you actually get a diesel not, performance? I, I don't, I don't have a great like grassroots diesel performance. So yeah. I've, always driven shitty cars yeah. um i've like i like i've always loved cars and high performance cars and yep. high performance vehicles just in general um i never cared gas diesel electric i just like shit that, that went fast but i was always broke i was you know a scumbag salesman right i couldn't afford anything nice um i worked at the time when i started here i worked i lived about 20 minutes away from the shop and I, I was working somewhere else. I was working more towards the city in a, in a like, cube farm office mm -hmm. job. And I just, I wanted to fucking burn that place down. I hated that cube farm yep. so bad. I hated my phone, my computer, the people, everything about my job. I hated it. So I started looking for jobs that were closer to home. Um, I found this place called Calibrated Power. They just recently deregulated uh, ComEd here in Illinois. So I thought Calibrated Power Solutions was selling like oh. ComEd Energy subsidies kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, they they were not, uh, but I applied anyways w without knowing that. And then uh, I called up, and the old GM here, Scott, um, picked up the phone and schmoozed me a little bit. It was like, oh, I used to work at the company you work at now. Like, yeah, if you want to come in and drop – or he's, he said, if you want to email me your resume, go ahead. I said, well, I already applied for this job twice, and nobody called me back. Why don't I come drop off my resume in person? Uh, so I got in my car. I drove 20 minutes over there. I spent three hours in an interview between Scott, Nick, and the old HR rep. And uh, two weeks later, after I had been working for two weeks, it finally clicked what we sold. Yep. 
But yeah, for the first two weeks I worked here, I had no idea what we sold. I didn't really know what we did. I didn't really get diesel performance. Uh, I spent the first year of my career driving Nick fucking nuts. Yep. Um, I used to laugh, or I guess I used to like sheepishly laugh about looking like a deer in the headlights of just yep. having no, no clue what yep. anybody was talking about. Um, and then I bought an LB7 from Nick, yep. uh, the Kodiak. Uh, I learned a lot there. Yep. Troubleshooting-wise um, and things like that, yeah. common rail injection systems, for all, sure. All sorts of shit. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and so that, like literally working here and being in and out of it every day, um, you have to learn it, uh, but there's no way I could be here if I didn't love it. Yeah, I like think it just, if it hadn't, if I hadn't have gotten bit by that passion mm -hmm. early on when I was here where, like I remember that second week when I, I was like, oh, tuning they're selling intellectual property okay yeah they they changed the map and like it, it yeah. finally clicked what to just tuning was mm -hmm. um literally it was down the rabbit hole from there i yeah. just i loved it one of the things that we always joke around in the office is you know uh, being an enthusiast in this field right yeah. like that's what is in my opinion a, a really solid foundation to being good at what you do and someone like you, where you didn't really have much of that background, you weren't an enthusiast. Your job made you an enthusiast, right. right? But you were able to retain the information and you were willing, you know, and able to do that. Not many people have that ability. Where now we could talk about truck stuff, you know, talk about a setup or whatever, and you understand the dynamics, you know how to set up a truck, you know what to do as far as that goes. Not many people will be able to retain that type of thing. There's a lot of information when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> you you have to have that. And that's why I say if I didn't have the passion, there's no way I could have yep. lasted. Um, you know, I was at home watching every video anybody had ever yep. made about diesel. I remember watching videos about how turbochargers work because yep. I like kind of got it, but like oh, needed sure. to learn more. Yep. Um, but there and now, you know, I'm able to host the podcast and I yep. write blogs and you know, yada yada yada. Um it, it is something that, yeah, I think what we find in this industry is it doesn't necessarily matter where you started or when you started or how long you've been doing it. No. Uh, it really just matters how much do you fucking love it. And it doesn't matter what truck you started off with. No, I could give yeah. a fuck. Yeah. You know, not, I, I don't care. That, that doesn't matter. You know, I, I talk about this when I go to like car shows or, you know, with a truck or whatever. And, you know, I appreciate everything. Like when a guy gets on the phone with me, he's like, oh, I want to do is fuck up a rice or I want to fuck up a Mustang. Like high buddies with 1300 horse cars that are Mustangs. I mean, they're nasty shit. Right. Yeah, high buddies yeah, yeah. with stock Mustangs. I don't care. I don't judge on that. You know, like take pride in what you have. You're not going to offend me in any way. I give a shit. Right. right? But, um, you know, I think that that's more like that. You know, you grow up that maturity thing, that kind of thing where right. it's like, you know, what you're passionate about, what you invest your money into might be different than my what I'm passionate about, what I invest my money into. But I still respect what you have. Sure. Sure. You know, if unless it's, it's a six liter. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I, I got a couple of buddies with some nasty I, six liters. I was going to say uh, Art Martinez. What a trooper Dude. at UCC. Oh I was giving him such a hard yep. time. Um, he, he really has a really does. good composure because I would have slapped the shit out of you. He he was so hungover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very true. Very uh, but, true. But no, uh, and he makes one uh, hell of a taco. Even his his truck's badass. Yep. I, it's triple turbo, six liter. It's a little truck. It's awesome. I yep. love it. Um, but yeah, no, even the six liters who I do give a hard time to. Yep. LL wise, like Tim, yep. you yep. know, I, I gave him a hard time about his. Um, they're still it's better than a bicycle, bro. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. uh industry news, Chris, we're gonna do a quick recap here just of the results for the top ten competitors. Uh in a future episode, we'll go over the top ten qualifiers as well. People 
who we know are going to be competitors next year now. Yeah. But uh, let's go 10 to 1. Uh, I'll kick them off. Josh Grease from Jags Pro Truck Shop. Uh, big shout out to you. Josh is also our guest today. Yep. So yep. we'll be we'll be getting to hear from uh, from Josh on how he made it into UCC. I really liked interviewing him. He's got a good dynamic, you know, uh, father figure, right? Yep. You know, family yeah. man, badass truck, you know, going back to these roots of how you got into the diesel and he bought the <laughs> truck new and just all these crazy things. Yes. So it's it's hard not to respect him. No, At the end sure. of the day, I don't care who you are, you can't take anything away from that guy. Yeah. Um, number nine, Jess Hardison, uh, Husker Diesel Performance. The calmest guy I've ever yeah. seen ready to sled pull. Um, in in a fire suit, strapped in the truck, talking to him, and he was just like, I was I was more nervous to interview him than he was to say anything to me. Yeah, for so. sure. I think the words were, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, couple, know, if he, a, a I don't know if he used those words. A couple but times. It, it was, he clearly was like, I am just here to have fun, and then he crushed it. Number nine, he actually pulled 255 feet at yep. the pole, just in case you were wondering. Uh, number eight, Todd Welch. We got to interview uh, Terry from Power Driven Diesel. Todd was the uh, driver there. Uh, they came in number eight. Very impressive Dude, truck. The mechanical dinosaur. Yeah. Um, man, those guys can come back from from an engine failure. And then some. <laughs> like, a few times. They're... <laughs> They have the skill set when it comes to coming back because they've had a lot of setbacks over the last couple of years. Yeah. And they still They're fighters, they rise man. to the occasion. They're fighters. Um, number seven, Cody Hale, Anarchy Diesel. Yep. So he's got a crew cab short bed Cummins. Um, big big on seventh. the Cummins forum. Yep, so yep. Uh, if you know Cody, give him a shout out there. Oh, yeah. Number six, Donovan Harris. We interviewed Donovan before, at, and after UCC. Yep, so yep. you can hear a lot of content there. Number five, Jared Delecta of Industrial Injection. So that's a Chevy powered or a Chevy bodied Cummins power truck. Yeah. So did uh, some impressive. Made a big show. I mean, he made LeVon pull the truck back out to run again at the track because LeVon's like, dude, there's no way. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Um, a, f a full frame truck, so it's not back half or anything. It went 8076. It was that such. That is nasty. It, it was, I felt scared watching that yeah, pass. For sure. Not like he was sideways or anything, no, but no, like no. it was so fast. I'm like, is he going to just stand up yep, like yep. It, this it was crazy it was it was crazy for sure uh and that leads me up to number four chris buhider from truck source diesel our good friends uh down there in texas yeah um number three sean baca now honestly i said this you know at the ucc event you know as we were doing some of the commentating uh sean's truck man crew long almost seven thousand pounds clicked off an 880 quarter mile pass that camp killed it he had a bunch of transmission issues i guess leading up to the event industrial just did some videos um documenting some of the progress and what their setbacks were you know i think that that's a home run for sure i think sean showed up and performed um just like he said before the show and that interview yeah. is coming out as well. Yep, I, yep. I don't know if it'll be before yep. this one, but we did interview Sean before UCC. We will interview him again uh, in the next few weeks here. Um, he proved it. Yep. A lot of guys have been calling that truck a dino queen, yep. uh, running that 880, uh, putting down 324 feet at the in the dirt. He proved that truck can do that, more than just spin the rollers. Yeah. And then the, the last two, I mean, these are I, what no I would consider here. Mr. Consistencies, yeah. right? Yeah. So identical to last year, number two, Derek Rose, DNR, blue regular cab Cummins. D Rose, man. And then number one. Number one, LeVon Miller. You know it. So that, that 788 pass that he had at the track. So we had the luxury of being at the media tower, top floor. 
I watched that truck go down the track. I had never seen anything like that before out of a diesel truck. I was in awe. On a line, bro. Yeah. On a line. She she was on a rail. She went. She was gone. For sure. Very impressive. Uh, If you haven't checked out some of the videos, everybody who is there has a video being published right now. Soak them up. Jump onto the Ultimate Callout Challenge page. Uh, big shout out for Diesel Power Magazine and Diesel Power Challenge. Chris and I will be attending yep. that live. Uh, really excited for that coming up. Uh, this week's do's and don'ts uh, are, of course, as always, sponsored by Exergy Performance, your one-stop shop for common rail injection, top quality parts. Um, I got the do this week, Chris. All right. Ask for flow charts when ordering your injectors. If you're getting injectors and they're coming in from somebody, they should come in as a set. They should have all been tested yep. and balanced together. You should be able to see the flow charts. That may help your tuner. That may help you. That may just give you peace of mind. Yep. But any top quality tu- uh, injector shop should be providing those charts, and they uh, should be accurate. And I think XRG kind of paved the way for that. You know, they, yeah, Eight years clearly. ago, six, seven years ago, that wasn't even what the fuck's a flow rate sheet. Right. To now, even their stock you know, sportsman injector line comes with flow rate sheets. You know, it, it allows you to have a better identification of what you're actually buying. There's a lot of injector companies that are starting to pop up through the woodwork. There's a couple of what I would consider the OGs in the in the market yeah. um, that would only get my money. Um, right. There's a couple of scumbags out there selling dog shit products, too. So watch you, out for them. You said it. You know who you are um <laughs> but yeah you know flow rate sheets are going to be something that's uh, definitely big you know building a set of injectors whether it's six or eight and having them balanced within a set and not just oh i need eight injectors okay let me go grab them out of some box yeah you know um and then i guess with you covering the do i'll cover the don't um don't add more cetane than recommended how many so. times we've we been at the track and seen a bed full of empty cetane yeah. cans i just don't add additives because i don't care and then and then you ask them like how much fuel was in it and they were like eighth of a tank like yeah. well you got four gallons of cetane in there like an eighth of a tank you're running on cetane what's up it's bad for your injection yep. system cetane lowers lubricity yep. now if you have a blended mix a tl dfr or something else that is an actual blend yeah, yeah, i know sure, it sounds sure. made up it is made up um if you have some sort of special blend that increases cetane along with increased lubricity that may be something you consider but it is a general statement if you're running just cetane in your truck it will lower the lubricity which will destroy your injectors which are expensive and the pump and, and the, the pump, pump. Yeah. all of it all of it uh diesel insights <laughs> this week chris what do we got from duramax tuner does more boost equal more power? The answer is yes. All Always. the boost, all the power. Get this question all the time. All the time. Always tell people more boost because yeah. more boost. Or, hey, if I upgrade my turbo, what kind of boost is that turbo going to make? Right. You know? Right. Boost is a reference of what the turbocharger is doing. CFM, the quality of the air that that turbocharger is providing the engine, is where the horsepower difference is. Even more specifically, I think uh, we're, we're going to... We're going to reference back to Gail Banks here, yep. the godfather of diesel, and talk a little bit about bad versus mad. So yep. boost air density, manifold air density. It's not just how much boost are you pushing, not how much pressure are you pushing through the system. It's about how much air molecules are actually in the combustion cylinder. How much efficient air can be efficiently used in the engine in that combustion stroke. You got it. Yep. You got it. Sometimes 23 pounds of boost is all you need if you have uh, enough air. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and as I had already mentioned, uh, Calibrated Power, of course, is sponsoring our featured guest for this week. Calibrated Power, great place to get Ford tuning as well yeah. as Cummins tuning. 6.7 Power Stroke, 11 to 16, soon to be 17, 18. Ooh, whisper, whisper. It's been, it's been a fun ride, you know, having uh, Nick throw the keys to our 450 and saying, take it for a drive. 
Gladly. I got to drive it uh, back from Indy. Yeah. Um, got to drive it around in Indy. Uh, I will say it is... Impressive, to say the least. Impressive. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to say it's my favorite truck in the fleet, because I feel like that would hurt my own feelings, but it's right up there. It's right it up there. It was very yeah. impressive. Top one, one and a I half. I don't know if it was sure. the air-cooled balls that I got yep. to ride around with, or the panoramic sunroof, uh, <laughs> uh, which are things that I really think are fucking stupid. Yeah, the panoramic but, roof would be one of the main reasons why I'd own a Ford. Yeah. Hopefully Dodge steps their shit up. Or, well, and I'm not into it. I actually think the bells and whistles are kind of stupid. I think it's like adding cup holders. Like you could have just put that money into power. But whatever. To each their own. No, the panoramic roof is definitely worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. To each their own. Um, yeah, I, I, they were really impressive. However, guys, this week uh, Jags Pro Truck Shop is out of um, Minnesota. Yep. Uh, big into sled pulling. Big into drag racing. Big into trucks. Uh, Josh has just a, an immense amount of knowledge to share with us. Yep. And we're going to jump into his interview right now. Josh, how the hell are you? Good yourself, sir. Doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for joining our listeners and uh, telling us a little bit about your experience in diesel and getting ready for Ultimate Callout Challenge 2018. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, History in diesels, I grew up, my old man owned a trucking company growing up, so I've been working on rigs since I was old, as young as five years old. Um, that's kind of, it was my passion. At the end of the day, it ended up being the only thing I was good enough at to ever make a living. So, <laughs> I hear you there. That's, that's what started it. <laughs> a lot of it was, I was in the dealerships and everything else, started monkeying around <clears throat> on the performance side, on the side at home, and it just turned into, it was, in 06, it was time to leave the dealerships and go out on my own. Okay. And so, that's what we've been doing ever since. So you've been so, in the at, the aftermarket for about 12 years now, you'd say? Yes, sir. This is our 12th year. Yep. Badass, man. Well, congrats. That's awesome. And Thank the whole you. time at Jags Pro Truck Shop then? Yep, yep. It started off with, like, back, you know, first thing when I started doing it as a side gig, it was only supposed to be a hobby. And 04, I bought the truck that is now become a, the Jags race truck, bought a brand new off the a lot at the dealership I was working at at the time, and it solely involved solely involved into what it is now. Um, it was supposed to be a hobby when we started, and it just it got carried away, and we moved in, and it was uh, out of a garage on the house, turned into a full building behind the house. Now it turned into a full fledged commercial building and everything else, which we've all, now all grown and looking for another spot. So for our listeners, uh, you you said that the the truck that is now your competition use truck, what is it? It is an old four and a half troop cab, three quarter ton Dodge Ram short box four wheel drive truck. So now, would you say dealing in your years in the past of like the big rig stuff was that just a, a natural uh, transition into like an inline six Cummins platform, or like why that truck? Why that truck? Well, at the end of the day, I'm not really loyal to any brand. Okay. Um, right now, my personal truck is a seventeen Duramax. Um, I'll go back and forth between them. The reason for the Cummins is I was, when I was younger, I was brought up. My old man has always been a diehard Mopar fan, and that's what I was brought up with. So initially, my first diesel was a Mopar. That's just it was in my blood. Uh, after getting being around it a long time, getting to, getting to see them, getting to work on them, getting to play with them, all three brands, especially nowadays with the Ford Six Seven Power Stroke, they all three make a great, great truck, great power plant. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's so cool. I really like to hear that type of versatility yeah. where you got into it with the big rigs and then kind of transitioned to the Cummins. But you, you seem to be somebody who's just about performance. You know what I mean? I don't care what chassis it's in. I don't care what, what logo is on the front of the truck. I just want something to have fun with. Right, right. And that's kind of the, you know, I love that L5P. Uh, as a stock truck, it's probably the most fun and exciting pickup I've ever driven. But with the issues of cracking the ECM and everything else, and even in the chip world, like Banks just finally got their D-Ranger released a little while ago. Um, some other stuff, it, it, it's been, for me, with what we do for a living, it's hard to drive a bone stock truck day in, day, <laughs> day out. It is really tough. So S&B released their intake. I was excited. I had to get it. I had to put it on the chat down. <laughs> little numbers, but it was something. Right. So, you know. It's almost just the feeling of finally being able to do something, do something more than the, the results, truck, right. right? Right. Well, make it your own. You know, that's part of it. That so, is. Yeah. That really is. You know, a lot of times, you know, guys that I deal with, you know, Paul deals with, you know, do I buy a new truck? Do I modify my old truck? Give that truck a second life? Well, do you want to be unique? Do you want to make it your own? Do you want to give that truck a, you know, a second breath, you know, sort of speak? And, right. You know, it's what the budget allows and what the industry allows in, in some applications like the 17, 18 L5Ps. That's so true. Yep, exactly. So walk us through, I mean, you know, we'll dive right into it. Oh, four and a half Cummins, you know, so uh, factory 325 horsepower. I would assume yep. that uh, this truck is nowhere near 325 horsepower. So uh, walk us through the build. What's the truck set up like, you know, what do you got going on? Well, it's still a stock frame, all steel bot. It is cut up and it's lightened up. But it's still an all-steel body truck. It is a crew cab. One of the, you know, in the racing world at this competition, most truck guys you're going to see are going to run a regular cab long bed for weight reasons. Right. Um, and they're also going to be fiberglass. One thing we're chasing, we're trying to be one of the first crew cabs ever in the eight-second mark. We're trying to be the first steel body truck ever in the eight-second mark. Um, it's sitting it's as low as we can get it. We had issues a few years back. We'd leave the line, and no matter what we did on a chassis, how we set it up, it would pull a left front tire about six inches off the ground, and away we went. And it was being in four-wheel drive, that's a torque steer problem, and it's hard to hang on to. The way we fixed that is we chopped the whole leaf spring suspension or out of the rear, four-linked it, allowed us to drop it farther, and it took a lot of weight off the truck. Oh, uh, the wow. truck sticks. Last year at UCC, it was kind of fun to watch. I mean, we weren't nowhere near the high horsepower trucks by any means, but we were the first ones for the day to run a nine-second pass because it, it didn't trip a tire. Even when the track got cold on us, that truck still stuck it at the line, and away we went. Um, so that that's worked out really well for us. And you're right, it's 325 horse. No, not even close. We actually, today, on the chassis dyno plane with the new tuning setup, it cracked 1,800 horse on fuel. So it's getting Ooh, there. We're yeah. not to the 2,000 horsepower mark yet, but we're trying. I mean, so. literally, that was six hours ago as a Facebook <laughs> post. Like, literally fresh. Well, it's right. funny. Yeah, it was. You know, the motor... The motor got put in a week ago. We honestly, my wife had a, a medical scare. We didn't think we are going to make UCC this year. Um, the truck's been sitting on jack stands since basically January with no driveline in it. It would look like a wind tunnel when you looked underneath the, the engine compartment. No <laughs> engine, no training, no nothing. And I kind of threw the uh, competition to the wayside because of what was going on in my personal life. She got the green light from the doctor, so we started working a lot, long hours. You know, for us, we don't go out and buy someone's motor or anything else. That entire truck is don't buy me and my shop, um, you know, from the tranny, the chassis, the driveline, the engine. You know, the only thing we really don't build on it ourselves would be the turbos and the, the fuel system. We source them, obviously. Okay. But you know, for us, it's a, it's a pride thing. It's every ground or piece of that truck is built by us here in our shop. 
looking at, you know, scrolling through as we're doing this interview, you know, I'm scrolling through the the, the Jags Pro Shop Facebook page. Uh, looks like, you know, you have a, a hefty set of twin turbos on this truck, right? Compound setup? Yep, yep. Um, they're, they're a good system. Um, you know, I, I know the triples are kind of where it's at. They're, the triple guys are going to all slow me. They're going to make more power than me. At the end of the day, away from this this uh, this competition, I'm a grassroots drag racer, and it is hard for me to throw a set of duels on this thing and put it in the dirt. I'm not a sled pulling guy. I never dreamed of this truck ever hooking to a sled, and it's, <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do. But I didn't want the weight, the plumbing, and everything else with the triple. I still, to this point, don't. I know they can make more power. They might come to life a little bit faster. We got our drive pressure issues under control. Our boost pressure is there, and it comes to life great. I was actually had a conversation with Chase Fleece the other day, and he was really worried about my new big Garrett on there, but no map group not being able to come to life. It comes to life faster than the old setup did. So, what size turbos are on it? Um, on the manifold, it's got a SXE T6 88-millimeter uh, um, Ford Warner built by Industrial Injection, <clears throat> then converted over to a ball-bearing setup. So it pulls a little bit nicer. Also, can take a lot more force coming out of that manifold. Um, the other one is a GT55 Garrett. Uh, last year in the sled pull at UCC, I hurt the, the 98 millimeter factory Garrett wheel, the comp side wheel. And that was the only thing I was damaged. It, it took some chips out of a couple of the, uh, blades on it. I didn't want to buy an entire. People that have bought Garrett know they're not cheap, and I didn't want to have to buy an entire turbo again just because of a damaged compressor wheel. Never touched the housing. Everything else is great. Actually, talked to a lot of people. No one wanted to touch it. I came across CRT Turbos out of Missouri, and they said, "Yep, bring it on. We got a comp cover modification and a 115 millimeter billet wheel we can put in that thing." And I'm running the same injectors I ran last year, same pumps, same tuning. Just fixing that turbo gave me 300 horse. Oh wow! When I was just you know again looking at the the engine shot that you had posted on Friday. To the listeners, you know, for us, I, I, I take it for granted, you know, I'm around a lot of these turbochargers. An SXE488 is a big motherfucker. And then when you compare that to the GT55 you have and just the inducer on the compressor wheel, it is a monstrosity, man. It is a <laughs> right. big, yeah, so big charger. Now, to really have some fun with that, that GT55, that's a 115 inducer. It's a 151 X-ducer. Oh, God. That wheel is big. It can throw <laughs> a lot of air. That's a boat anchor on its own, man. Right, my my buddies actually look at it and they go, "You don't got to worry about sucking a bird out through it going on the drag ship. You got to worry about sucking a newborn child." Yeah, like <laughs> I'm I'm worried it's, about it's a big boy. I'm worried about your passenger side fender. <laughs> Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so it, I'm going to jump in there, okay. Chris. So you had mentioned obviously you're a drag racer, not really a lot of plans in the dirt, and then kind of compared your horsepower for last year, where you were significantly underpowered from the other competitors, but you ranked number six last year. Like you fucking right. killed well, it in so UCC. Back, let's go look back at last year. I got an extremely late call out. <clears throat> no plans on going. No nothing because it is what it is. It, you can't ask to be in it. You know this year's a little different with the qualifier, but the last two years it wasn't something you could call up James and go, "Hey, dude, I want to compete." No, that's not how it worked. You had to show them you were worthy of it. How they got my name or number or anything, I can't answer. But December twenty second of twenty sixteen, I got an email from James with titled "You've been called out." Like sweet, but we're four months from competition day. That doesn't give me a lot of time to sit. Phase a truck that hadn't changed in 2012. It had been sitting in the corner of the sh- shop from 2012 when we quit running the NHRDA Super Street. 
with kids and getting into sports, I just didn't have time anymore. Between how busy the shop was and everything else, the truck just sat. Um, it gave four months. We came out with a new engine, sort of. Um, we updated the turbos a little bit, and we put we converted from a old ECM that ran a Smarty SO6 to an 06 ECM with the A5 live on. Okay. Now here at my shop, we were 1683 horse on the dyno before UCC last year. All the much on field that. The most we could get out of it with that setup that we had on it, and we ran out of time. During the drag race, my 970 pass, it cut a, a 591A. I missed a shift. That was my first time ever having to run a truck with a ratchet shifter. It, it was one where I physically, with my arm, had to grab every gear. And with that TCI outlaw, I actually went from second straight to neutral. I missed third gear. Um, so I had to let out, and because of that, we had a lot over 6,000 RPMs. It went from unloaded to unloaded instantly on our full throttle. Jesus. And it, it ended up hurting my injectors. Thankfully, Industrial Injection was real kind. They gave us a spare set, nowhere near the size they needed to be. And that's what we ended up dynoing with. And we, our dyno numbers were down from it due to it, but it was what it was. They lo- Because of them, I was able to c- keep competing that weekend. Yeah. So, that's awesome. You know, again, just the industry as a whole coming together, making sure that, I mean, they're not a sponsor of yours or anything, right? They, they have been in the past. Okay. Um, they are going to back the truck a little bit this year. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I've never been one to go out and ask for stuff for free. I have a hard time with that. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to call up a company and go, hey, man, I'm doing this. Can you give me some product? I'll put your name on the side of the truck. That's right. just not my style. That's a pride thing. So, you know, I mean, you take yeah. pride in what you do. You take pride in, you know, what you have. And, you know, that's where it ends. So go, going forward, so you were able to make it through the dyno and then go and perform at the sled pull. How was sled pulling for you last year? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, we, we, we took a bunch of weight off the truck and back to running out of time. Now, when I say I'm not a sled puller, I'm not a sled puller. We build a lot of sled pulling trucks. I own one. I own a 2014 LML that is a designated rigid chassis, big monster 1,400-horse sled pulling truck. That's all it does. Um, I don't drive it. I have one of my guys runs it for me that loves flat pulling because he's scared to go fast. Um, <laughs> I, I know how to get it to the ground. I know how to build a chassis. But back to we, we focus on the drag strip because that truck was going nine back in 2010. We knew it could go faster. That's We knew we could put points down on the drag side, and we did. Um, it kind of sucked that we lost the injectors and we could have done better on the dyno, maybe came home fifth or, or fifth or fourth place overall if we could have laid on a bigger number. Going to the sled pull, we had pulled a lot of weight out of that truck, but we were unsure how much. So going from when we went across the scale with the duels on it, the hitch on it, everything we had to make this thing a sled pulling truck, a thousand pounds worth of suitcase weight hanging off the front of it. The truck's with me and my son in it only weighed 6,900 pounds. That's what we ended up pulling at. That's all the weight I had to throw at a truck that was in an 8,500-pound class. Oh, my God. Um, first round of pulling, again, we lost a fuel injector. We blew a solenoid right off it we had an FCA fail on a pump, and a rail pressure went skyrocket. Um, fixed that. Again, II handed me another set of injectors, which was awesome. Got me back out there. And the first round of the track was kind of crappy. We all seen that. It was just a big dust bowl. No one could get traction. Uh, they fixed the track. We got back over second round, and we pulled pretty good. We just we flat out ran out of traction, not power, due to we didn't have enough weight to stick the tires. So. Right. So you guys, I, I mean, really had to put everything together to make it work last year. What is different about this year for you? Like, what what's the plan to get through that? 
Well, we're going to come all. We, we're going to take this year a lot more seriously. You know, last year, I went out there with the goal in mind. I am the small guy here, um, kind of a. You know, I've been doing it for a long time, but not a whole lot of people know who I am, and that's fine. Um, went out there in the, with the, the mindset that I want to beat out half the field, and we did better than that. Uh, part of it, partially because a lot of the big names that go have or are going for the big the big horsepower broke their trucks, um, and that allowed us. Um, a lot, a lot smaller power come right past them because we could keep our trucks running all day long. We're going to try to do that again. Um, I'm not going to throw out there my complete game plan, I guess, uh, but we're going to go. We're going to try to set an eight-second pass right away on Friday. We're going to try to – I got a nitro system set up on it. I think at, since I'm 1,800, a little over 1,800 horse on field, I think I can comfortably spray it to a little over 2,000. And then the sled pole, it's going to be a free-for-all. It is what it can do. Now, are you planning on adding the extra weight to... We are this okay. year, yep. We got a different set of wheels and tires set up now, knowing what the ground is out there. Because back to my sled pulling history, it's always been around here. Obviously, going out east a little bit, their dirt's a little different. Yeah. We brought a set of BFGs last year, and it just didn't cut it. Uh, we got a completely different tire this year on the pulling tires. Um, and actually, a tire that we've been seeing when we went out to Shide, it was a heavily used tire at Shide. Um, kind of the same dirt, so we're going to go with that. And yeah, we're going to bring a lot more weight. We're going to bring three thousand pounds worth of weight. Hopefully, we get it right. Oh my God! How about um, like, are you going to switch to a dually setup or just running the yep. singles the whole time? No, well, we we ran duels last year, and we're going to do it again this year. A little bit taller tire. We are actually going to switch gears gear ratios this year. Last year, I ran three seventy three for every single event. Um, I was out there with an eight month pregnant wife. I didn't have a lot of time. My, my main mechanic that came out with me was kind of under the weather and stuff like that. So thankfully, a couple of good buddies of mine that happened to come out to the show were willing to help me wrench on the truck and do what I needed to do to keep it running. We're a lot more prepared this year, I guess would be the way to put it. Now, we got to go out there last year. Sealed was about can do a lot better than we thought in overall standings. And we're, we're going to be more prepared this year, and we're going to take a lot more serious. Um, are we going to come home in sixth place or again or higher? Who knows? We could come home in last place and it goes boom on day one. A lot of the competitors that we're interviewing, you know, we... Paul's most popular question is, what's your strategy? And... You know, the, the common consensus this year is just trying to keep it together through all three events, you know. Right. What, what do you got? Like, you know, you've had a year of prepping, a year of planning. What's your strategy? Right. Well, this year we'll actually have a spare transmission, so just parts. So if I do get a swap, it'll be a lot easier. Plus, we got spare parts. Last year, it was just parts. Um, so when we did break off an input shaft, we had to take it out, fix it, get it back in the training as fast as we could. This right. year, it'll be a lot easier on us. We'll have just a spare unit ready to rock. Um but I'll be honest with you, I'm not planning on going out there and making 15 drag passes. If I can give her everything it's got in the first one or two passes and it does what I want, you're done. I know the fans want to watch a show, but they're not the ones paying for the no. truck. No. It did what it needed to do to earn some points. It can sit there. I'll, watch, I'll drink beer and watch the other guys beat up on their stuff. Hey, I'll be right there drinking the beer with you, man, honestly. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think, like, the, it, this is a spectator sport, like, especially this event. I get that. But the flip side is, is I don't think a lot of these guys realize how much you have to invest into the truck to be at this type of caliber. And not just dollar uh, yeah, either. We actually, that, was a, that was a question that was in the shop that they were kind of playing around with it. And I'm, no, I, you know, I'm not up there with, like, Bach and LeVon. LeVon's a, a badass builder, an amazing truck. He's at the top of the game. Uh, and Baca on the horsepower side, he's got a sweet setup there, too. 
I'm thinking about my truck and what I got to do. I can guarantee you I got well over $200,000 in that yeah. setup. So, you know, and it's been kind of fun. I've been watching some of these qualifiers on Facebook, and I've watched a few of them already back out. I, I, it's fun to see that maybe they underestimated what it was going to take to get a truck to that caliber. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of guys do. A lot of guys, especially in the qualifier bracket, it, it's – I really – my heart goes out to them because not only do they have to do it this year, but then if they do well – most of them are going to have to step up to even bigger setups, to even bigger builds to compete next year. I mean, there's a couple. Right, exactly. There's a couple qualifiers though that honestly could in my be opinion, a competitor. Yeah, that could today. be right now. You totally know? agree. Exactly. But then, yep. But then there's a lot yep. of them that, you know, I mean, if if they do well, they're going to have to step up their game a great deal. But yeah. again, right. a, a lot of this, and you know, please disagree or agree, but this is a it's a driver sport. Like the truck is one yep, aspect uh, of it, but you got to be able to drive the truck. Well, well, and that's a true story. You know, whether even on the dyno, it's you know, I went on there and we got a chance to sit down in our shop. I had never been on a super flow before, or been in a situation where someone else is running the dyno and I'm running the truck. That was the first one. So when I gave, even though we had the, we were down on fuel and everything else, you watch my dyno video. That truck fought to get through that thirty percent load they had. Right. Why well, was wasn't it? For whatever reason, it was a thing in my mind because I didn't have that go button on the dyno. It was hard for me to get that truck where I wanted it to be, but yet not start to take off before they hit the load. Um, and now we've been actually practicing that here at the shop. I've had the guys hold the load button, and I've been getting the truck where I want it. Then I'll nod my head or give them a thumbs up, and we've been taking off from there, trying to get that feel. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm so used to I'm running the truck in the dyno all at the same time. It's all, you put it, said it exactly. It's all, a lot of it comes down to the drivers. The drag racing comes down to the drivers. Sled pulling a lot, you know. You don't read that track and maybe miss where the other guy spun out or try to find where the traction is on that track. So. How have you been practicing for the sled pull? You had mentioned earlier you're not the, the normal sled pull driver. Are, are you going to drive for the sled pulls this year? Or are you going to put your, your top guy no, in the driver's seat? No, I will, because it's me and, you know, for me, it's, I built the truck. My shop that I own got called out. I don't need to win the thing. That's not why we're coming out there. We're coming out to show what we can do with the best of our abilities with what we have. I'm running in all three events um, unless something was to happen to me or I something you know, that kept me from being behind the wheel. But I will have my sled pulling guy with me, and he'll help me walk the track, and I will use his judgment on to if I should go to the left side, right side, right down the center. He will adjust the tire pressures, everything else, too, because he understands that stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Bringing a coach out more than anything else, then? Pretty much, yep. All right. All right, cool. Who are some of the other competitors, uh, maybe, say, besides Levon, that you're keeping an eye out for? Who do you think is going to make a big splash this year? I'm really excited to see Justin Anders, because he's going to be out there with, well, he won King of the Streets, and he's a local to us. You know, He's out of North Dakota. I know the guy. Um, but it's going to be fun. He's got eight heavy street truck yeah and can he win it you know if some of the big boys are to have problems yeah i mean he was knocking on two thousand horse that truck can it goes deep nines i'm sure he's gonna be flirting with a high eight second pass now but yet back to you you look at my truck you look at all the most of us competitors we got chopped up competition trucks this guy's truck you can drive down the road yeah that's awesome honestly i think that's for me you know it is funner than hell to sit back and watch levon crack up seven-second pass with a 
four-wheel drive diesel pickup. Absolutely. It's fun to watch Fox go 2,300 horse on a dyno. But for me, as think about as a fan standpoint, it's funner to watch someone like Justin come up with a truck like that. So that looks like a truck I got sitting in my garage at home. That truck is one eight-second pass. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I dig it, man. Awesome. Hey, Josh, anything that uh, you wanted to talk about today maybe that we haven't covered yet? Not really, no. Awesome, man. Uh, who do you want to give some shout-outs to? Uh, Gordon Transmissions helped me a ton. Uh, ben Shaddy's given me a lot of answers. My um, eyes helped me with some stuff. Ryan Milliken, uh, Zach Fuller. I remember the main, main ones, honestly. Right? Gordon's been great to us. Um, we built the tranny ourselves. They get, they supplied me with the backup tranny of my kind of setup, um, and they've always supplied me with the parts of it. Uh, it's a sponsorship I didn't really ask for. It just kind of fell into my hands because we deal a lot with their parts. Um, II's always been great to me on on a lot of parts over the you – know, we've been with them for 12 years, ever since day one. Um, and Ben, I just – you know, he is – his little new tool drive is pretty badass. He actually helped me come up with my steering system that's in the truck this year. Uh, not really a sponsor by any means, but he allows me to bounce a lot of questions off of him. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we're excited for you. We'll definitely yeah. be rooting for you out there in the uh, tower booth. Listeners, of course, come check us out. Meet Chris and I and uh, the rest of the Ultimate Callout Challenge crew, May 4th, 5th, and 6th in Brownsburg, Indiana at the Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, For today, this has been Paul and Chris. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTutor.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtutor.com or chris at cehmk at DuramaxTutor.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. I've always loved cars and high-performance cars and high-performance vehicles just in general. I never cared gas, diesel, electric. I just like shit that, that went fast, but I was always broke. I was you know, a scumbag salesman, right? I couldn't afford anything nice. 